Bob Palmer's favorite song right there. And I'm so glad we were able to play that because we have so much to talk to him about this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. Yeah, good morning, Simi. I do love some of the perverse selections of songs <laughs> that introduce me. It's just like an endless discovery for me. Listen, Vaughn, we got to have some fun on a Monday we morning. We do okay? indeed. An irony in BC politics, irony just seems to be a theme that doesn't matter who's premier, you get irony all you the time. You certainly do. We're actually going to be speaking with David Eby coming up at the next hour of the show and then John Horgan in our 8 o'clock hour. But there's certainly a lot of material to talk to Mr. Eby about this morning, given that he laid out his 100-day action plan on Friday. Uh, Simi, I guess I am too literal-minded. When I heard 100-day action plan coming, I mean, it wasn't my idea to call it that. It was E.B. and his staff, whoever they are, a 100-day action plan rollout coming on Friday. I sort of expected them to list out actual actions they would be taking within 100 days so that when the 100 days was up, and that would be sort of February, uh, we could say, well, he said he was going to do X, and he did X, and he said he was going to do Y, and he did Y. Well... We didn't get any of that. I mean, we got David Eby saying his priorities for the next 100 days would be housing, health care, public safety, and climate action. Well, um, weren't those also the priorities of the Horgan government? Um, Vaughn, so naive. So naive. You actually well, thought you know, that meant 100 days? Vague. So you get vague. Well, housing, you know, he thinks it's deplorable that people are living in their parents' basements. And he says that, you know, he laid out a housing plan. It was the only plan he announced during his leadership because his leadership campaign was interrupted by the fact that he won because there was no opponent. Um, I look at health. Well, he knows well the challenge of attracting family doctors because his wife is one and she can't take vacations. There's all kinds of challenges being a family doctor. Public safety. Well, he says uh, violent offenders should be locked up. Well, yes, everybody agrees with that. But how we're going to get there? Well, he's going to do what the Horgan government did, which is they're going to try to lobby the federal government to change the legislation, the criminal code. Climate action. Um, he got a little specific there, Sim. He said he wants to redirect fossil fuel subsidies. So no details of how. And he gets asked point blank, what about a moratorium on further LNG development in British Columbia? There's one terminal under construction right now in Kitimat, the company that's building it, led by Shell. They want to expand that terminal there's talk of terminals elsewhere, uh, Squamish and so forth. Uh, Tilbury Island expansion. Uh, would he declare a moratorium on that? That's what his opponent was going to do, Apaturai. Uh, he said um, he ducked it, just right out ducked it. So uh, it was a very nice opening speech, and it went on at some length. I would note that uh, NW broadcast it live for a while, but when he got to the third or fourth anecdote about how he got here, they broke away and didn't come back. So it wasn't exactly a 100-day action plan. It will be very hard to judge whether or not he's taken those actions since he hasn't told us, Simi, specifically what those actions will be. Well, there you go. Something for us to talk about, certainly, coming up next hour. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more as well about some of the comparisons there with Anjali Apadurai, who uh, clearly is thinking about working with this government. 
Yeah, so Apatari on Thursday did do something that I think surprised some New Democrats, which is she said she's not quitting the party. She's staying to fight. And her, it's interesting, one of her supporters, so there were a few members of the party executive that actually voted to support Apatari. Uh One of those was a woman named Ashley Zarbatany from Victoria here, and she's very active on social media. And on social media on Friday, she laid out a plan. She said to supporters, our numbers are larger than they've ever been. We belong to the party. They haven't kicked us out. And we could do some stuff. So she suggested that what supporters start doing is going to NDP riding association meetings, standing for office in the party executive or the the local executive. Uh, Try to get yourself elected to the NDP's governing council. And she suggested that a Pateri supporter, Simi, set their sights on the next NDP convention, which is in November 2013. 23. So it's 13 months away. And she said, you know, we could elect delegates to that convention. We could uh, change party policy at that convention. Uh, We could seek a leadership review at that convention. And lurking in the background, Simi, is when the next provincial election rolls around, some of these riding associations, Pateri supporters have the majority now, they could nominate the candidate to run for the NDP in the next election. So when Apatari says it's not over, and her, uh, as I said, this woman, Zabatani, who's doing some of the organizing for her, says it's not over, uh, that's true. It's not over if they choose to keep using their numbers to change the NDP. What's interesting, too, about that is I I really wish we could have been a fly on the wall for the debate at that NDP executive uh, meeting, because I'm sure it wasn't... (laughs) unanimous, especially given this. And you heard some of the things that John Horgan had to say, too, about how he felt about that whole situation. Yeah, I mean, Horgan really vented on in his well, maybe his last substantial media conference. Uh, he walked out on it. Uh, he said he re- accused environmental activists, climate activists, unnamed of thuggery, of, you know, coming to his house and of trying to intimidate members of the NDP executive. And he said, I'm done here. He walked out of the scrum. Later, he sent a note of apology to the reporter who asked the question, Andrew McLeod of the TIE. Uh, a premier said, it wasn't about you, it was about the activists. But uh, yeah, John Horgan's uh, famous temper, uh, he's always said he has one. We haven't seen much of it in his time as premier. You used to see it, a lot of it in his time as opposition leader, but there was definitely a flash of it last week. Okay, and so he is uh, doesn't have many, very many days left here in oh. the job. What is the process like here? Okay, so David Eby is supposed to be in Victoria today. This will be the first time he's been here, I think, since he joined MLAs to get the official picture taken back at the beginning of October. So here today, meeting in person with the caucus, he met with them by Zoom last week, uh, expected to announce the first couple of appointments of uh, the David David Eby administration. Not surprising, he will have his own premier's office. So we'll probably get his chief of staff, he won't be keeping around John Horgan's chief of staff, Jeff Meggs. 
E.B. will announce his own uh, chance. He will also announce a new head of the public service. So the title is deputy minister to the premier, but it basically means that person is the head of the public service. So not a political position, a head of public service position. So we'll probably get some of that. We then have been told to expect a handover um, sometime in the next few weeks. Uh, the betting line, Simi, is the legislature is not sitting the second week of November, the week beginning November the 7th. Uh, probably uh, we'll get an event at Government House where uh, David Eby and maybe his new cabinet is sworn in. You may remember a little while ago that it came out, Simi, that all the government ministries and agencies were ordered to get their briefing books in order for the new premier in October, almost as if the NDP expected we'd be here at this point. So EB will be reading those briefing books. We've, we've seen them in the past. They're enormous. Ministries put just about everything that they've got going in the books, and those go to the premier, and the new premier decides what his real priorities are. He puts those into mandate letters to ministers. He decides who he wants as a cabinet minister, and away we go. All right, away we go is right. Thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Cindy.